Hey everyone, it's Alicia Toot back with another stacked, not fest, heavy conversations. This is the episode that I've been looking forward to since I first started hosting this show as we'll be diving into our best songs of the year. And by we, I'm talking about this week's all-star panel of Ryan J. Downey, Daniel Decay, and Stay Puffed Mellow. What a badass bunch of humans. Hello, everybody. Woo! Hello! It is a party. It really yeah. is. Great group going like, on. How are you? This is who I want to be sharing a round table with. This is this is the A-list right here. I love this. These are the like, can we get can we get like uh, some table service here for us while we're doing this? These are some people I want <laughs> to share a drink with. Right? And the beer for us, right? Man. That's what we need right now. One day we're gonna have the craziest in-person not fest party and it's going to blow our minds. So just this is like a little warm-up, you know, our right. little Zoom calls. <laughs> These are facts. Well, facts, first facts, things. Facts. Absolute facts. And going from one fact to another, a badass lineup was announced. We all saw that insane NotFest Italy show uh, that came to surface with Slipknot, Architects, Amon Amarth, I Prevail, Lauren Ashore, Nothing More, and others. It's a melting pot of metal genres all under one roof, and it's going to be absolutely epic. Uh, the event is going down next summer on June 25th, and tickets go on sale, everybody, December 7th. So of course, head to NotFest.com to get yours now. But how does everybody feel about this sweet lineup? Let's start with you first john uh i mean you definitely hit the nail on the head as far as it being a diverse lineup uh usually i don't know how many of us would think that uh, architects fans and amana marth fans would get in the pit together but i'm sure that you're going to be seeing a whole lot of high fives uh around <laughs> there in it and i don't know just so you look at the scale of these bands especially the top three on the lineup with slipknot architects and amana marth uh theatrics abound pyrotechnics everywhere um i wouldn't be surprised if you saw some uh viking raiders invade some of the other band stages as well and then on the down bill i think that there's uh like uh italians getting a chance to see lorna shore i think that would probably be one of the bands for me on that lineup uh just looking at what they can do and where they can go from here and this range is not pretty bad themselves either if you want some <laughs> whack fucking like italian metalcore progressive shit very cool. And then Ryan, how about yourself? When you saw it, what were kind of the first thoughts? My first thought was, you know, we talk about how we're we're gonna have the in-person not fest uh all stars hang at some point. Why not in Italy? There's <laughs> I like not how you Why not? <laughs> Australia of, all, of all the places we could pick, I th I think that that should be our our full court press. Oh yeah. Metal yes. scenery and pasta. Count me in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the lineup is sick, of course, as previously mentioned by each of you. Uh, I will say uh, I I'm getting, not to skip to ahead, but I'm getting to see Metallica here in LA um, next week. And the only bummer about it is it's the same night as Amana Marth, Carcass and Obituary, which... Oh. Uh, that would have been a hard call. That's a like that's yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, I guess I'll have to wait and see a monomarth in Italy with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and D, since you'll be in Italy as well, how excited are you yeah. going the lineup we're about to watch together next summer? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you guys in Italy. Um I I think that the standouts for me on that one, it's really cool that after like Lorna Shore literally decimated North America with probably the most important metalcore record of the year. And then a tour that was literally sold out every single night, like with venues getting switched to bigger venues. I think for Italy to like get to see the men in a festival context with all, all that wind in their sail from the crazy North American run they just had. I think it's going to be a fantastic, a fantastic show, like starting early in the day with, you know, the lower build bands. And then out of those big guys, I mean, 
I just went to that tour you, you talked about, you're talking about missing Downey and, uh, Amon and Marth can really control any size crowd. So it's awesome to see them in the club setting and the production they bring to a club, but on a massive festival stage like that, like thousands of people in a field doing a rowing pit together. Come on. Like that's, <laughs> that's going to be a crazy moment. So Really stoked, uh, you know, to see big theatric bands on big stages like that with big enthusiastic crowds. It always adds to the atmosphere. Totally a fucking awesome festival experience. Hell yeah! Once we're all in, yeah, are working, baby. That's so good. For those listening right now, everyone is currently rowing in their Zoom screen. So this is a site you are missing. <laughs> if you are listening to us on the audio platforms and you would like to view us as well, you can check us out on the NotFest YouTube channel being youtube.com backslash NotFest where all of our lovely faces reside. But we do have to kind of dive into one of our classic questions since we're on the topic of festivals and things that caught headlines uh, because a lot of shows were announced that I was absolutely hyped about. And I would think with this time of year, it slows down slightly. But for me, what caught my eye was Death Grips announced their first shows in North America in over four years. And I haven't seen them in concert in ages. And it's always so wild, passionate, such an intense performance. So that definitely was one that I saw pop up and saw, hell yeah, that's a must-see. So for you, other than this huge NotFest Italy event, what caught your eye this week in terms of show or tour announcements? Dee, how about you? Well, it it's, wasn't really an announcement. It was just more or less living vicariously through all my friends' eyes down in Mexico this past weekend. Um, that that dude, that that fest in Mexico that just happened with uh, Fate and Pantera and Behemoth and like it's like a lister crew, like all the all the coolest bands and all my favorite people from the industry are all hanging out in Mexico. Uh, that was an insane, insane lineup, and uh, the atmosphere from all the videos, like you know, you get that really uh, enthusiastic type of like Latin American type of heavy metal crowd. Uh, the most passionate crowd for heavy metal in the world. I, I promise you that. Um, that would have been a hell of a festival to see. I love going to festivals here. I love going to festivals in Europe. But to get to get Buck Wild with that many awesome bands I love in Mexico, that's, that's definitely one I can't miss next year. That super, super, super uh, FOMO when I was watching those videos. That's one of the worst feelings ever is when you have your heart set so hard on going to something, but something prevents you from it. And then the next thing you know, you're seeing all of those updates in your feed, your heart just sinks more and more. So I feel for it's you like, there. Like <laughs> kiss and slipknot. Like it was like oh. massive every day. Like it was just like headliner, 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 headliner. Like right. what a mammoth festival. Was anything mammoth or even small caught anyone else's eye here? Because like I said, there were a lot of shocking things that went out this week. How about you, John? Yeah, so uh, not uh, plugged into too many tours and stuff right now. Uh, a lot of places are skipping Nashville, which hurts my soul on the inside. Uh, that drive to Atlanta is not as easy as Google Maps makes it look, so I have to pick my spots there. Um, but speaking of big festivals that Slipknot are headlining, uh, I think we should talk about Resurrection Fest for just a second, mm. given that uh, it's a, a, a like a wide-ranging set of headliners on that one. When you have a legacy act like Pantera playing, you have... Have, uh, uh, like probably one of the new class of headliners and ghosts playing. And then, of course, Slipknot, who's been doing their thing for 20 years at this point, which is hard to imagine. But I was really struck at like the down bill on this, like all the way at the bottom of the poster where they put like all the ones that people are going to like, you know, wake up late and miss and everything like that. Like bands like Alcest, Amin Ra, Lucifer, Brutus, uh, Dune, I think Spirit World is on there somewhere, Employed to Serve, Kublai Khan. Like just uh, headliners alone, 
Resurrection Fest would be worth the ticket, but then you see all of the bands that are playing, you know, headlining the smaller stages or playing at 11 o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Like that is going to be one where you're going to get your money's worth and uh, you get a trip to Spain out of it as well. So <laughs> right? that's the no one on my, uh, on my radar so far is wishing that, hmm, is there a way that I can get to Spain sometime in the future? I don't know. It was fun watching you kind of dissect that tour right there because I could tell you pulled it up and your eyes kept lighting up every time you were like, oh, they're there, right? They're there. And it's cool when festivals are able to do that, like you said. Headliners are solid. You know you're going to have a good time. Then you can venture out. It's not like your day just starts at 5 p.m. onwards. Like it's worth going early from that 1 p.m. seeing those smaller bands because uh, they're going to be the next ones headlining all, for all we know. It's always the yeah, way. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Downey, you know the drill. Take it away. Yeah, and uh, I've never seen Alces live, and they're one of my favorite bands. And so, yeah, even seeing them at like 1 p.m. in the middle of the day in a field would be awesome. I think it should uh, be yeah, dark and... if you're listening to Alces, though. Well, like, blot out <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's it's really crazy. Yeah, like like you mentioned how there's you wouldn't think there would be a lot getting announced right now, but literally just today, they announced the second leg of the Falling Universe uh, Papa Roach tour with Hollywood right. Undead and Escape the Fate. They announce Fit for a King and North Lane. There's a Queensryche tour going out with Marty Friedman opening. The great oh, Marty yeah, Friedman. saw that. Saw that. Uh, great Steel great Panther one. and Curlbot. Like, it was like, yes. literally, these were just today as we're taping this. All those tours were announced. It's like, whoa, somebody's, somebody got wild with the December 6th tour announcements for next spring. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, certainly we're, you know, when Death Grips, that was another one. I've only seen Death Grips once, and it was actually at Metallica's Orion Music and More Festival like 10 years ago or something in Detroit. Michigan, right? And uh, yeah, and it was, uh, I mean, such a diverse bill and such a, a killer show, and uh, they were definitely one of the standouts. But yeah, I mean, Pantera, first show back, first show with this lineup, uh, you know, a lot of eyes on it. And for all of the ills and uh, justified complaints about the internet and social media this is one of those moments where i'm so glad that those things exist because you do have the fomo and you are wondering and you're curious and even just the day before it's like fan filmed footage of pantera soundcheck you know and i'm just like yeah yes, show me show me you know and then there's like at this point we have almost pro shot fan videos like there's people cutting together the whole set with multiple angles and like so you can really get a feel for it and um I'm just so happy that it sounded so good. You know, there's no reason to doubt any of the four guys on stage in terms of them, their the potential and their ability and historically being able to bring it. But you still just never knew until it actually happened. Like, is this the right set of circumstances? Is everyone in the right shape? Are they in the right mindset? Did they do the homework? And um, yeah, that looked and sounded like a band that is taking this extremely seriously and and like shouldering that big responsibility that comes with it. So yeah, it makes me excited to actually see Pantera in person again at some point at one of these shows. You, you're really just opening this this Pandora's box right now. You're just gonna like start talking about the Pantera like in depth that much about Pantera and like <laughs> now we have to now we have to talk about this. You know that, right? right? I mean, we have to. I mean it just happened. Um you know it and you need to acknowledge the immense amount of stress and emotional trauma that these dudes are going through like creating this and putting it all together um 
So I take all that into account with my next words, but I'm also a believer in just like being honest and not just accepting everything for like, oh, well, this is the best it can be because um, for the videos that I obsessively watched and the set list I obsessively picked apart, um, it can get better and it will get better. Um, I think MVP of the band award has to go to fucking Charlie Benante on the drums, playing that shit note for note fill for fill getting the vibe he got the kit right the fucking giant toms hanging on the angles like he's got it nailed um we could work on the set list a little bit i think i'd like to like you know five songs off far beyond driven i could like between that and the five off vulgar maybe ditch two from each of those and give me some trend kill a, a serious lack of trend kill in that set list um you know there was some Zach was kind of saying some shit that he might be using some dime gear. And like, I well, that was a lot of wild audio gear on stage. I'd like to see some of that dime gear we were promised, you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like there's a couple things, you know, Rex and Phil or Rex and Phil, they're going to do what they did, what they created and do it best. But there's a lot of eyes on those other guys and Charlie's MVP to me. And I know Zach can, I know Zach can up that a bit. I'm sure it must've been incredibly emotional preparing for that and getting that first show out of the way must be a huge burden off their shoulders, but, yeah, I really hope and, they and switch Zach, in. Zach played like a Jimi Hendrix mode. tribute show the next day, you know. Yeah, and like, and and he just finished BLS BLS shows. Like I, you know, yeah. like they were. What a workhorse! I love seeing that. Rehearsing without him, they rehearsed originally. They rehearsed in Nola without him with uh, Mike DeLeon on on playing guitar because the other guys. Solo band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like you know the guys wanted to make noise and and Zach was unavailable. So I mean, Zach's a hella busy guy, but I just I know he's capable of and like i'm excited that there's a lot of shows coming up because it can only get better um you have some notes is what you're saying (laughs) he he has some notes notes. (laughs) the 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 cemetery gates and planet caravan tribute segment like made me fall like a little child though i will say i liked watch i watched that video and i was just like like waterworks just bawling Mm -hmm. watching it man it's hard not to five minutes alone is my favorite pantera song and that made an appearance late in the set so i was pretty excited use my third arm was a cool a cool uh cool surprise too that was a, that's a deep awesome. cut that's a deep yeah, cut. That was an awesome awesome appearance on the set i love all the but, different uh, perspectives too like to one person it could be blissful and then d comes in with his uh little school in here I'm just, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just, everyone's it's, opinion so different and you're gonna have different takeaways of what you want to hear and what yeah, you want to see utilized so that's kind of the whole point of the show right <laughs> yeah d fucking loves pantera so if anyone's gonna so tell him, he's gonna do it did, and did you and did you get to see Pantera? You know, ever? I'm not, I'm not as se- I'm not as seasoned as you, my love. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I didn't see them, but I didn't mean it that way. Oh, that was my <laughs> favorite never, reply. I never. I saw. I got to see. Uh, you know, it's like not not Pantera. I saw. I saw not Pantera. I saw Damage Plan, and I saw uh, Hell Yeah, and I seen like yeah, various yeah. like supergroup charity type things, but yeah. like never the the pantera no never saw it wish i could I, I, but... I, I saw diamond vinnie do pantera songs with disturbed in dallas which was That's cool. looking back was like that was kind of cool you know you don't really necessarily realize in the moment like it's just like oh these guys are here and they're getting up on stage and it's normal but you know yeah if you had them. given me like 10 bands or pulled some out of a hat i don't think i would have said pantera and disturbed no <laughs> right Right. But, but uh, all that all that to say i can't wait to see the show i've already got my like i literally the, i would never buy metallica tickets the day they went on sale at pre-sale like that like i was i was up drinking coffee at eight in the morning ready to get 
on the pre-sale because it was my opportunity to yeah. for that stuff. Yeah, oh, because yeah. yeah, Metallica, yeah, obviously we'll add like whatever, you know, bucket list show 16 and 17 for Metallica, but like, no repeats. Hey, I'm, ex- I'm really excited about no repeats because you're talking about yeah. set lists. Uh, because as you know, obviously Metallica is my favorite band of all time. I do a Metallica yeah. podcast, yada, yada, yada. I've seen them countless times and I understand with bands in general, legacy bands, like, look, there's always somebody at that show where it's their first time seeing that band. And you don't necessarily, you don't want to rob that person of like, I finally saw Metallica and they didn't play master of puppets. They didn't play inner Sandman. But for those of us who have seen the band dozens and dozens of times, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, man, I would love some more deep cuts. I'd love some more variety in the set. There are certain songs that I love, but don't need to hear again, maybe ever live. Cause I've just, I've seen them so many times and knowing that on this tour, we're going to get two full headlining sets with no repeats. Like that means, that means someone isn't hearing inner Sandman and someone 30, isn't hearing master of Puppets. But the craziest thing songs. is songs. They're yeah, wow, 32 I mean, tracks. They I'm have such really a vast discography. There's so much you can dive into, and especially when you're well-versed with a band like that, which is when you've listened to them for this long as all of us have, like it's rather easy. It's cool to know you're going to go into and have a completely different experience from night to night because I feel like you have a note there, John. Go I, ahead. I, no, no, yeah, I was just going to add on to that, basically saying like, let's give Metallica a hand that they can even fucking do that. Like let alone have the length and discography to be able to play two separate sets but then like the mindset and the ability and the want and the need um because uh metallica is one of my top five favorite bands of all time my favorite band is iron maiden and as much as i love iron maiden if you're within a two or three year period you know what iron maiden's like show you're going to see they do the same one for 200 shows in a row and i mean i've seen metallica only three times in my life so far but each time has been a complete like you know they played for three hours and played every song in their discography almost and then i saw them do two sets that were different at louder than life last year and that was when they were doing the uh black album anniversary so they played it all the way through one night but in like random order so it wasn't just like we're playing the black album they That's went neat. all through and they're in still a way shaking it up a little bit yeah. yeah yeah exactly and the fact that they can do that and still want to do that and can over the course of the next little bit like you have to give them absolute props for that at for at sure. a Ryan, they, they always do that. They, they are they never like adhere to like the boring way to do it. At Orion, they did Master of Puppets back to the front, pun pun fully intended. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's like you know mo- most bands like just show up and play the right. Rec- like if you advertise a record, you're gonna play the record. But like no. Not metallic. They can't do anything normal. They're fucking selling tickets. Their marketing is always so clever. Like they're on point for shaking it up for how long that group has been together. Like it's always impressive. Oh yeah. Well, we definitely and and they're and they're big enough that it that it's the kind of thing where there's not much they can pull out of the vault that people aren't going to recognize. You know, like it it would be really hard to bust out something that the crowd's going to be like, "What's this? I don't really know this one." You know everyone knows everything really so no, awesome. very good point as well i mean we just mentioned a lot of fantastic tours that are on the horizon but for when it comes to the website uh, we also frequently have a lot of great ticket sales so everyone listening be sure to hit up not fest for our pre-sales for silverstein's upcoming tour that is going to be taking place on the site from wednesday to thursday of this week on notfest.com and then there are also huge deals going on right now for the website there are not fest merchandise uh, on sale along with hard lore merchandise on sale so check those out while you are purchasing some silverstein tickets 
tickets. I live in my NotFest merch now. I, I love everything that they've sent. So if you guys get to check it out, definitely hit up the site. But now it's time. The pressure is on everyone because we're choosing our songs of the year. I did my head in trying to figure this out and I still don't even know if I'm super firm on my choices but we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty here I know we love so many different bands different genres different songs but what did everybody narrow theirs down to John I'll let you go first on this one I've, I've got like mostly 20 songs on here because I did the same thing I was like all right uh I, I usually keep a running playlist uh the past couple of years of like my favorite songs whether it's an album cut or whether it's a single or anything like that it's not always up to date but I went through and um, looked at a lot of the songs I'd listened to the most. I looked at my favorite albums of the year to like, what's my favorite song from from that? And God, it's just, there's so much stuff coming out right now that it's so hard to narrow it. Like, how many are you giving me? Like, we, how long do you have? <laughs> I feel like given the fact that we went on a like tangent with Pantera and Metallica, just out of nowhere, like how long is this going to take? I mean, take as long as you need. We're all about learning those new grooves or the ones that we've just been loving all year long, hearing your perspective. So lay it Yeah, uh, well, I would say from bands that I know are going to be quite high in my album of the year list. Um, it may have technically come out late last year, but the album came out this year. Uh, God or Damarung by Zeal and Ardor is just one of the most hard charging, head banging, like fist to the sky, shout as loud as you possibly can songs. Um, I've seen them three times in the past year. They've played it at every single show and it just gets everybody moving. Uh, I literally will just like walk around my house, like sing in my head and then just yell to my pets. And it's just, it's infectious and I can't get it out of my head. Um, uh, Royal Thunder, by the way, speaking of an Atlanta band coming out a couple of weeks ago with their song, The Knife, uh, been on repeat. I know that only came out a couple of weeks ago, but we'll give it song of the year like titles in there as well. Um, and then just rolling through this uh, Liar by Brutus, uh, an incredible band. Coalescence from Harriet's Profound Morality EP is just an out of this world song that shifts from ridiculously heavy to like haunting crooning back to ridiculously heavy. Shout out to Cave In, Mantar, Blind Guardian, Tribulation, Wake, Mesa, if we're talking about Italian bands, their uh, album Close that was out earlier this year is just an absolute incredible tour through like world music and everything like that. Um, and then Thrash Metal with Spirit World, that is a fucking hell of an album. And then a deep cut from uh, Sweden in a band called Besfarielsen, their song Clouds has literally moved me into tears many, many, many times this year. I have forgotten so many, but I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be here for fucking three, four hours. You just gave me the most genius idea, um, which was your idea. But I went through this thing when I was looking through my favorite songs of the year today, realizing a lot of them came out last year. So I'm going to start keeping a playlist next year going forward. So thank you for that, there John. You go. Great, yeah. great idea and concept there. Uh, but D, which songs did you love? What made that top list? Um Oh, I love this question because it's so different than album of the year. Um, yes. Like I, you know, I, I first I started like making a quick list for you and I'm like, no, like I'm just picking like the single from my favorite album of the year. So I like really dove in and tried to pull like single songs and that allowed me to go outside my records that I picked already for the year. Um, first off, the uh, top track, uh, the intro instrumental from the Fugitive EP Maniac, it's called The Javelin. Um, it's just kind of proof that you know, that I can pick an instrumental song as one of my songs of the year that when it comes to music, like the riff is the law. Um, it's a fucking, you know, 
you, all you need is those couple little like death grunts like from the vocalist but no actual words and just a fucking kick-ass riff and a, you know a groovy stompy drum part there is no better way to start off any kind of record hardcore thrash or otherwise than with a fucking powerful short intro track so the javelin from fugitive um next definitely one of the best songs of the year heavens above from summerlands um records brilliant this song really stands out um, as being really mid-tempo and moody melodic. It's got like a gripping chorus. The vocalist voice is like haunting, like beautifully haunting, not in a scary way, in, like a really gorgeous kind of haunting way. And it, it's singable. Um, this is like really guitar forward music with the perfect amount of effects and a little bit of synth. Um, it's thoughtfully crafted music at a masterpiece level, in my opinion. It's like some very thoughtfully put together tunes heavens above summerlands and uh greasy old school death metal pick ace phallix post-mortem punishment um record slaps this song really stands out because it's got a little bit of it's like the mixed face right there what? was phenomenal ryan just went like oh wow and shook his head that was <laughs> like that was like the most death metal sounding combination of words you're not I've into irish death metal daddy 2022 yeah yes yeah. It's it's a mixed bag. It's got like fast riffs, mid riffs, slow riffs, sixteenth uh, notes, like all the cool like really intense parts, blast beats, but also like a breakdown moshy riff. Um, and the standout on why this sticks out on the record is the singer predominantly uses this really like guttural, dry, thick voice. But on this specific song, he kicks it off with like a black metal like, ah! and uh, then all the choruses have like a low and a high like. Rose thing going on with like uh, a black metal high up here and then like a guttural low and it's just like it grabs you like if you have the album on in the background and you're not paying that much attention this is the song that you snap back in and you're like whoa what the fuck was that so there's my I believe, three, that, I believe three, that's three. called uh big dog little dog yes big big, big, dog, big dog, little dog, dog little dog yeah there you go love it <laughs> but i'm using that for sure <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome i don't know if i don't know if that's an indiana phrase but that's where i first heard it was my metal friends growing up in indiana oh man there was a band that had that vocal approach it was big dog little dog <laughs> maybe we'll learn some more great terms as you tell us about your picks <laughs> Were you done? I didn't. I, didn't, I hope I, I wasn't interrupting. Yeah, man. No, no. I get that's three. I cut it at three, man. I, I that's I'm impressive. Trying to be you cut it at three. Efficiency. This is hard. I, I already took everyone else's time, so like, no, no, hey, dude. You I, were I, you I, were I, quick I, though. You were efficient. Hey, man. You, you were efficient yes. with it. I want to, and now I'm going to take everyone's everyone. time. No, I'm just yeah. Um, no, I, I want to jump off something Decay said, which is great. I it is. It's nice actually to shift into songs as opposed to albums because. I've been, you know, putting together and I also keep a playlist the last few years too. It's like, I, I literally start, like I'll start a new one in January because then you can look, you know, and go like, oh, I yeah, clearly I didn't get the memo. February. But I uh, would say, you know, putting my album list together, the Megadeth record, I like it, but it, it's not, it wasn't in my like top 10 albums, but that song will be back, which was, I think the first song that they released from it. That's one of my picks song wise so it's kind of nice to have this opportunity to be like well there were some records that i really liked that had some songs that i really loved without necessarily loving the whole record as much so yeah i would throw that megadeth song in there i'm always going to do something dark throne especially these last few dark throne records as they've gotten doomier and more celtic frosty and i mean it's you know we're talking album 20 i'm definitely ready for the next 
20 there's a song called Kevorkian Times which I would uh recommend and as a song pick um but really anything on that record is is great uh Death White um they made a killer record in 2020 another killer record this year called Grey Everlasting the song is called Earth Tomb and they're very much in that mold of the Peaceville 3 of Anathema My Dying Bride more on the Paradise Lost side of uh gloomy but like melodic very polished doom uh million miles of fun which is one of the songs from drug church who are mm-hmm. like drug church is like the intersection you know of kind of what turnstiles doing but also with some like 90s alt rock okay and i had detective lieutenant on my list downey what's that right. i had drug church's detective lieutenant on mine that and, one's uh, noted for then, sure. The way you describe that is super up my alley. They're really fucking good, Alicia. You would love them. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, really yeah, you would, you, they were 100% up your alley. And I would, uh, as my last pick, I'm going to go with Mind Force, New Lords, and I'm going to do something yes! unorthodox. I'm going to say the whole album, but hear me out. <laughs> the entire album is 17 minutes long. 17 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's shorter than Rain and Blood, and it's, it's really 17 minutes is like the length of most, like, gothic doom songs that i listen to so right. it's kind of like one song but yeah it's it, they're a band that's like you know crossover you know dri crumb suckers ludicrous all those sort of bands that were prior to what we call metalcore and all of its various iterations it's like a throwback to the crossover era but with some of the sensibilities the breakdowns the tight sort of punchy heaviness that we got from metalcore in it and i mean it's just it takes a lot, you know, for me as a uh, something-year-old uh, hardcore kid. It takes a lot for me to hear like a newer hardcore band and to not just feel like I've heard it before. And this is like a you've heard it before, but it's with such like punch and spirit and energy and enthusiasm that it's irresistible. And it is so quick. It reminds me of way back in the day hearing Rain and Blood for the first time, having it knock you on your ass, and then it's just over, and you're like wait what and you're immediately like, starting oh. it over that's how this <laughs> yeah. record was for me it was like as soon as it was over i was like it's over already that's cool. yeah. again. you know and just looping it for days on end that my- uh that that, mo- that mind force record is top tier that i think that and comeback kid were probably like my favorite hardcore records of the year from that world of hardcore sound that was that's a very good record. 17 the minutes track to heavy yeah. steps still mad yeah heavy steps on hallowed Oh, it's so the, impactful. It's, it's so the Comeback good. Kid's heaviest record. It's the, I think it's their heaviest heaviest record I, that I fucking know. It's it's insanely good. They did a very good job on that album. That Mind Force dude, fucking really good crossover. I love nothing more than the panel singing songs on this show. I swear, anytime <laughs> yeah. someone is that passionate, yeah, I just <laughs> I I eat it up. Um, so I'm very proud of all three of you because this was incredibly, incredibly difficult. I narrowed it down to two because there's just, there are so many genres. I'm like, okay, it's not fast. So let's go with one heavy and one not so heavy. <laughs> so uh, this is what I came up with. Um, there's a track called This Car Drives All By Itself by a band called The Wombats. I can't put into words how much I adore this trio with the song is from their newest record called Fix Yourself, Not the World. Uh, I love that title. And has a super hooky, melodious kind of indie rock vibe throughout the whole thing. But with lots of synths, they always pay a little 80s homage, cheeky lyricism, and you can bop around and dance to almost every single song. And they also made uh, something I've never seen before, but it was a music video game. 
for the song that came out. So you can literally play this thing while watching it on YouTube. It's so cool and fun. Uh, so check that out by the Wombats. That's my uh, not so heavy pick. And then the heavy pick goes to a group that we have discussed multiple times. I love the record that they put out this year. I know John will definitely agree, uh, but I had to go with We Got the Moves by Electric Cowboy. This is just a track <laughs> that's instantly electric to me. There wasn't a heavy track that I spun throughout the year as much as this one. They're innovative, genre melting. Their songs have a certain punch and attitude to it that's just very very carefree and fun um but then it's against this like straight up aggression and this electronic metal anthemic singing then you have gnarly screaming like it, it is all over the place against this disco-esque shuffle in the chorus so count me in it has all these different elements of different genres that i love in one song and i think it's very difficult to come out with something like that that actually works so effortlessly so that is my pick and i man this was hard i'm telling you i still have a headache from trying to narrow this down guys but we got there we got there not an easy task mm -mm. Ooh, not an easy task i can't wait to see the uh best records of the year list too that will be coming up soon on notfest.com too because i know we're all taking part in that but uh good picks everybody and that's it for today's show we really went up and down all over today on different topics, but that's that's what I love, you know, the conversation being super natural. So thank you to you three for taking the time today to join me on another NotFest Heavy Conversations. Always. <laughs> Who says there's Hell nothing yeah. going on at the end of the year, right? Oh, no, tons of stuff going on. It's busy, oh busy, much. busy. Busy, busy. Well, you can join us every single week, everybody. Once again, a massive shout out to today's panel of Ryan J. Downey, Daniel Decay, and Staple Mellow. I have been Alicia Toot, and we will see you all next week right here on Not Best Heavy Conversations. Bye, everyone. <laughs>